On Second Shot, we cover two new stories every week to find out what kind of wisdom the world is dishing out today. And at the heart of every one of these stories are people, just like you and me, who've had to overcome incredible odds, to face the greatest challenges, to struggle and fight back. But now, we're changing it up. In these episodes, we're skipping the headlines and going straight to the people that inspire us to grow, to be bold, seek change, and act courageously when the rest of the world may not. A second look, a second chance, a second shot. This is Second Shot Sit-Downs with your host, Jenny Anchondo. Hey everybody, it's time for another Second Shot Sit-Down. Jenny Anchondo here, and as we do these series, you know, I just, it's, it's just, so abundant how many stories of second shots there are. I mean, you could it, truly, I know everybody listening probably could share their own second shot. And this is one that I heard about a while back um, about a woman, woman here in Dallas locally who kind of, I mean, I don't want to put it too extremely, but kind of had to learn how to walk again. She was, she was in just an awful state of health and completely turned it around you guys in a, in a way that's probably unlike what you've heard before. Her name is Jenny Hunter. She is now a yoga studio instructor and founder. Also many, many other things that we'll get into, but it's really like that second shot with your own body and, and it's kind of finding out what your body is capable of. Hey, Jenny, good to see you. Hi, thanks for having me. Oh my gosh. This is, like I said, I heard about your story such a long time ago and I have you in the notes section of my phone, just of like people I mean to reach out to or, and then finally here we are all these months later. Perfect timing. Yeah. It's able to, to share your story. So let's take it way back. We had this conversation on the phone and I was so intrigued sure. by it. Um, let's take it way back to where you were having kind of some, some health struggles and, and I guess to sort of like that low point. Oh goodness. Okay. Then let's back it up to when I was yeah. 19 years old. Um, I was actually running for the college that I was attending and started having pretty significant pain in, um, in my feet and in my hands. And that was in second year of college um, and really couldn't figure out what was going on. And it wasn't until about a year later, uh, I was actually living in Northern California, that I got it diagnosed. And so 20 years old and the rheumatoid arthritis doctor that I was meeting with says it's pretty rapid progressing rheumatoid arthritis. We don't think it's juvenile, but you're so young, we don't know what's going on. Um, so after a battery of tests, um, they pretty much handed me a cocktail of medications that said, this is, we'll do the best we can and hopefully you'll have a good 20 years of life, but prepare to be in a wheelchair by 40. Wow. <laughs> that, well, how's that for some good mindset from the doctor? Okay, thanks. Yeah. Thanks for that help. Super. I mean, that's <laughs> uh, My mom has rheumatoid arthritis and we've mm. all done a lot of research on it and stuff. And she's had, oh my gosh, just amazing success with the things that she's tried. But, but I remember her being sort of on the young end for it, mm -hmm. but I've never right. heard of somebody getting that diagnosis at 20. Had you, when you, when you heard about it, were no. you familiar with what that was? N not at all. So, you know, at that point it was dial up internet. So I had, <laughs> I hit the computer in my basement in Portland, Oregon and started just researching what was going on. Um, and even at that age, I had this idea, this, I don't know, conviction almost that our bodies were meant to be resilient and to heal themselves if we gave them the right resources. And in my mind, I just didn't have all the right pieces of the puzzle in yeah. place. So I started looking at what resources were missing and um, how to go about this a little more naturally. How, what was life like? Were you finding it difficult to get around or what, you know, what was like 
right. ooh, your physicality. Sure. At first, it was, mm, you know, some sore hands or sore heels. But by 21, it was pretty significant early 20s to where I was just riddled head to toe. Name a body part and it hurt. Um, I remember soon after that, I was... Um, <laughs> trying to work and each morning I would roll out of bed and literally crawl to the bathroom because my feet and knees hurt so bad that I couldn't walk. Um, but I would turn on the hot water in the shower and get my body warmed up a little bit. And it was literally handfuls of, of pain relievers and a hope for the best. Um, There's this one time, you know, I was, I was concerned that Oh goodness, of so much, but <laughs> any any bump hurt like crazy. Um, and I remember standing at a counter trying to sign a receipt for a book that I'd purchased, and I couldn't hold the pen that I needed oh, to use to write my name, and I just broke down. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, it came with highs and lows. But um, you know, the other really positive um, prognosis that the doctors gave me is: don't expect to have children. You know, the medications you're going to need to be on are are so involved that it's really going to be detrimental if you come off of them and it's not a condition to um, carry a child. Wow. So of course, after I had my first child, <laughs> then uh, I was fine through the pregnancy, which we talked about yeah. before. It's really interesting what a body can do um, to be resilient and strong when it needs to be. And, but after I had this child, you know, how you put them on the ground to play and they have tummy time or whatever. And I realized staring at my little infant, I don't know how by myself, I'm going to get down there on the floor, pick up my, my child and get back up off the floor by myself again. And I thought, this is, this is not good. Because <laughs> you were in so much pain. Right. My, yeah. my joints, I couldn't self-support to get myself up and use a chair. So Okay. I definitely I want to talk creative. about this part. Yeah. Because I think a lot of women hear that, just hear those words for, for various reasons about not having children. And um, hmm. back to the beginning, what made you go to the doctor to seek help? Was it just like well, you were in so much pain? Unex or? Unexplainable pain. Yeah. Yes. Um, and I started having some, I'll call it deformation in my joints, huge nodules. Um, my joints would crack and bleed. Uh, the hands didn't open all the way. So it was like 80 year old woman hands with the worst of arthritis for years um, in my hands, my heels, my knees would ache, my back hurt. <laughs> so uh, it just went on. So it just went on and on and on. And then you said, okay, I've got to go to the doctor. I've got to figure something out and right. get, yeah, some sort of diagnosis or help or treatment. Exactly. Um, did the medicine help? When you first, I know that you were saying you didn't necessarily want to be on it, but did it, right. did it bring some, like, I took that medicine for 10 days. That is the only medicine that I've taken for this condition since the beginning. Uh, I noticed some relief and I also noticed a lot of side effects. I was what not interested in the side effects. <laughs> so. what, what kind of stuff for people who have never taken that? Sure. My mind was unsettled. My stomach didn't feel well. Um, I was jittery. Um, you know, some of the inflammation may have faded, but I didn't feel that I was healed. So I felt it was a false mm. hope that this was not um, healing the condition. So to me, I would rather find the path that I was healing it or finding the most natural resources first before I started applying kind of a facade. Did you get to a point where they were mentioning walking? I think that part is just so scary. The, the pen dropped to me is like, oh, I really like failed for you in that time. Yes. What about the, the getting out of bed, the, you know, sort of 
day-to-day movement. Describe what that was like. Excruciating. Um, I may get emotional because I can feel it still in my body. Um, But to open a doorknob um, took planning. (laughs) So to be able even to turn my wrist, the pain was so much in each wrist and elbow that um, I would uh, group activities together so that I didn't have to hurt every time I did something. (laughs) So I would think ahead in, in the terms of avoiding pain. So my whole life and day was around how to navigate the pain enough to get on with the life that I wanted um, to live. And to me, that was just no way to manage a day that was not really living. And what a lonely, and this was in your 20s. My 20s. I just can see that as such a- look fine on the outside. Yeah, that would, it can be a lonely time anyway, like early adulthood Mm. like that. But I, I can't imagine that many people could relate to that. Pain is such a personal thing. Yeah. No one can experience pain for you, and there's no way to explain to someone the type of pain that you're in. And that's a very lonely feeling, for sure. And it puts you in a mindset of um, almost a hopelessness of, is there an end to this? When will it ease? Am I doing the right thing? Should I be on the medicine? Should I not? And all of these questions, and it's just a spiral. I can, I can imagine. When did you have your first child? Uh, 26. So it was six years after they basically mm-hmm. said, was it like, you won't be able to get pregnant or if you do, it's going to be dangerous and maybe you shouldn't continue or mm-hmm. what kind of... That's the story right okay. there. You got it. Okay. Well. And nor will you be able to, uh, I will say survive, but endure a day without this cocktail of medications that we've prescribed you. Um, <laughs> and explain this. So I've done some other interviews on this and I'm familiar with this phenomenon where, I mean, the body's just amazing where some, right. so for there's certain conditions, you guys, and I don't know if you, probably some of you have experienced this, um, that will kind of ease up during pregnancy because the body just knows, I don't know, I don't have the medical terms, but then <laughs> right. afterwards they come back and it sounds like you experienced that as well. Can you explain what that was like? I did. Sure. I enjoyed pregnancy. It was fun. I think it was one of the first times that I did feel more energy in the middle section. Once you're big and round, not so much, but in the middle section, there's, there's life in you. You're doing something exciting. Um, the pain subsided because my body was focused on fueling, um, growing a child. And that was, it was a fantastic distraction for my body and for my, myself. But then you have the child and then it's caring for the child. It's recovering from whatever kind of delivery you had and and all of that. Yes. Well, I was no stranger to pain. So, of course, I'm going to go natural on this childbirth. (laughs) Oh, I don't know which one was worse. No, no, I'm teasing. It was actually... um, I bet your recovery was good, though. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, it was quite actually a a fairly pleasant um, delivery, and all of that went really well. So I feel quite blessed to to have gone through that as positively as I did. But then after the rush of hormones fade and after all of that, then the body is right back to... I was going to say ground zero, but back to negative. Uh, <laughs> so I don't think I had yet found ground zero until several years later. So then you're still sort of, were you back on the cocktail of medications or, no. or you just... 10 days. You, okay. I wasn't sure if you did days, the 10 days and went it. back to something else. You just kind of were like, I'm just going to have to live like this. Right. Did you just think, 
this is just my life now? Well, no, um, I, I did not. And that, mm -hmm. I think that was the only thing keeping me going is I was like, this is not my life. <laughs> mm -hmm. This is not how I feel that we're designed to be or to repair or to, to live or experience life. So what am I missing? Mm -hmm. And I and had, what, what was it? What were uh, you missing? <laughs> I had enough exposure to, well, first of all, I think it's kind of funny that my father, my mother and father were, um, we're, we were simple. We grew up in West Texas and we would drive 30 miles to the nearest grocery store. Uh, but part of that going to town, as we would call it, would involve going to the local health food store. So I had some exposure to uh, natural supplements or, okay. you know, chiropractic or reflexology and those things from a West Texas cowboy. Whoa, reflexology. <laughs> I mean, that's and on another level. A for bookkeeper <laughs> for a cattle ranch, you know, so <laughs> very unexpected, but at least I knew. Mm, okay. So my first inclination was to find some of these natural supplements that could relieve some of the pain. And um, instead of taking medications or pain relievers or the over-the-counter over things, then perhaps there were a more natural approach to easing some of those. And then through my research, it kind of the, the formula, I suppose, was what am I doing that's causing this mm -hmm. that I can remove? What was it? Hmm. I didn't learn that. I don't think I refined that thought until many years later. But because it's kind of trial and error, right? Trying different At things, or eliminating a food, or eliminating activity, or a mindset, or right. And we have much more information on that now Certainly. than we did back then. That was um, several years ago. Yeah. <laughs> so, so what what was it that you know? When did you start to see when, your symptoms subside? Sure. Seventeen years later, eighteen years, I would say, um, a year into yoga. And so what, what, what yes. was the cocktail that was not the medical cocktail, but the, your, your own self-prescribed cocktail sure. of things? Well, I did find, once I moved back to Texas, I had a fantastic partnership, and I'm calling it a partnership, though I was a patient of a DO here in Dallas. And he was a DO, so... What's a DO? Mm, he had all of the resources of a medical doctor, but he approached things more holistically. Okay. Is that like, does that stand for something? Mm, I'm sure it DO. does. Okay. Just, that's <laughs> just, okay. That's yes. the title. Yeah. Right. It's, it's fairly common to have um, doctors like that, but this one was special in that he really listened. What are you doing so far? Okay. Here's what I know. And can we start to blend the two approaches? And I had you know, such a respect for him listening and viewing me as a person mm -hmm. instead of a patient. And all of my previous experiences were um, being told I was irresponsible. Um, you don't know what you're doing. Oh, for not taking yeah. the medications? Oh, yes, for sure. Or even having the idea that I would have an intuition about what was right for my body. You're too young. All of these stories. Uh, but this particular gentleman didn't. And so it was that partnership that said, okay, I've been at this for, at that point, 15 years. And I was still, I hadn't met yoga yet, but uh -huh. we became friends soon after that. Uh, but when we were working on that, I still was trying to approach this um, simply nutritionally or medically, mm -hmm. because that's all I knew at the time. And so I was able to go through the process of eliminating the the problem, mm, foods, environmental issues. And I would say my top five, because people are going to ask what those top five. <laughs> it really is. It's the most important thing to know sure. what, what was it exactly for her. Because as we look at the scope of mm -hmm. things, people love to hear, well, you know, may, that may not be the prescription for them, so to speak, but it's 
you know, we want to hear right. people's stories. Yeah. I would say uh, I got everything back to efficiency. So, and that's kind of my word for the year anyway, is simplicity. So how do we get back to the simplest, wholest, purest form of you? We have to remove all of the things that are causing the inefficiency. So the things that I noted were meat, um, gluten, dairy, alcohol, and refined sugar. Okay. Once I removed those, remarkable difference. And did you do all at one time? Had you already started to figure out some of them? They came in stages. Okay. You know, so this was a, at this point now near 20 year process uh -huh. of figuring out what way was up. And so by the end of it, I could sit and go, oh, okay, now I see more clearly. And it was the yoga that brought that clarity. And it's interesting when I look back at, um, so when you were in your late teens, early twenties, when you started feeling mm -hmm. the pain, would you have considered yourself to be like living a relatively healthy lifestyle then? Oh, by... sure. I was running in college just before, okay. um, competitively. I was active. I would love to go hiking, biking. It just named the activity Ultimate Frisbee. I played inline hockey um, for City Club. <laughs> uh, so, yes, incredibly active. Um, I would say a normal American diet. And you think, I'm, I'm eating healthy. Mm -hmm. And I'm eating balanced. And I don't overeat. Um, and the, that wasn't as specific as I needed to be. So it's, yeah, it's just kind of like this story, you guys, about just learning what works for you individually. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because you could have looked at your life from the outside and thought, oh, well, she's a healthy woman. She should be fine. Right. You know, take the medication because, you know, you're right. doing what everybody says you should do. So mm -hmm. you figured out, I forget, did you say soy or do you eat soy or is that an eliminated thing or no? Mm -hmm. At the beginning, it was uh -huh. for other reasons. I can tolerate it now, but it's not a go-to. Uh -huh. And what about gluten? I forget if that was in the mix. I know that's, dairy and that's alcohol. definitely in the mix. Inflammatory yes, and stuff. Yeah, I feel like sure. a lot of people with autoimmune. Right. That's kind of a so no -go. once I got the gut feeling much better than the things that I was eating, and um, could be assimilated and put to work for the body instead of just trying to get over the food that I was eating. What did it feel like when you started to feel good? <laughs> oh, can I tell you about my first yoga practice? Yes. That was probably the funniest. Uh, so, well, let me back up just a little bit. You had to switch the food before starting yoga because you couldn't have gotten Some. yoga in the pain, right? In or could stages. You? Oh, I hurt. Absolutely, I hurt. And at that point in my life, just before I was meeting yoga, then I had kind of a freelance art business, I'll mm -hmm. call it. And I did... Um, large-scale murals or art pieces for designers to place in spaces. And it was a way that I could have an outlet and make something creative, but on a project basis. So I would do a large project, and then I would rest for three weeks. Mm. <laughs> so after my bottle of Advil went through. And so part of my perks for one project was I had access to a fitness center. And I thought, I haven't been to a gym in 20 years. This well, how is could you? Be fun. Yeah. I know, not at all. I just had my third child and they said, please, you know, here, meet the trainer and do the things. And so I met with this tall, big, beefy guy, I think it's Kirk or something. I of don't know. Of course. Yes. He was like <laughs> six foot, 8,000 inches tall and beefy. And so I said, <laughs> so, okay, here's what you've got. You know, I've got significant joint damage. Uh, I just had my third child. And I haven't done this in a long time. And he saw a mousy housewife <laughs> at that point that just had her third kid flabby and floppy. I didn't have any control of my body. And I'd finished my, my art gig and now I was ready. I'm yeah. like, I'm going to do this. Yeah. So, 
<laughs> he was like, okay, well, I'm just going to do a basic assessment and we'll see what you can do. Do the baseline stuff, like the sit and read. So he wanted me or... to do, yes, sit-ups and push-ups. Yeah. And I said, dude, <laughs> I have what part no of this abs. do you not understand? <laughs> <laughs> because I just put out another kid <laughs> and my hands don't work. <laughs> so how you figure, I couldn't open my hands to get my palms flat on the floor, much oh, less any kind of mobility. weight. No, yeah. no. My wrist didn't open. My fingers didn't open. So anyway, it was laughable. So finally I said, thank you very much, bye-bye. And I stepped across the hall into the yoga space. And I had a tiny little teacher um, named Ramona that, and I can still hear her voice, little Filipino gal that was tiny little beast. And she would go, it's okay, you just try. And that voice stuck with me forever. So I stepped onto the mat and I did everything that she said, five steps behind everybody else. I cried most of the time because everything hurt and I didn't know what I was doing. And, and this can be so intimidating seeing right. people doing things in your oh, kind of so, it was so below baseline. Yeah. And it was winter and there's a, a syndrome, Raynaud's syndrome that's associated with rheumatoid arthritis. Yes, I'm familiar. And my fingers would either be red and fiery and cracking and bleeding or there would be no color at all <laughs> and I'd have zero circulation. So this was one of those days. And I remember after the yoga practice, <laughs> I felt so silly. I was that girl, I was like, my fingers are pink. I, my, and I was showing the teacher, like, my fingers are pink. Like, Did she and understand they what that meant to no you? No idea, had zero idea. And she was like, <laughs> okay, lady, <laughs> that's great. And at this point I was 32 years old and the trainer across the room had said, well, I don't know what I can do with you. We'll try to tone what you've got, but don't expect to really build any muscle or anything. And he sounds so inspiring. Uh, <laughs> so inspiring. <laughs> um, so I wish I could meet him now so he could see. <laughs> Look at me now. How do you like me now? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but that was the first time I thought, yeah. I, this is the first time I've felt my body. I feel circulation uh, again. I feel clarity. I had a, an emotional release from the whole experience. And every Friday I showed back up for class, one class a week is all I could get away from three little kids at that point and, you know, running a house. What kept you going back? Because it sounds like it was painful. You know, most people are- When you were finished, you felt so much better. Okay. So it was the reward afterwards. For sure. And for so sure. how long ago was this that, that you took that first yoga class? You're asking me to math. I know. Sorry. <laughs> it was a while back though. 14 years. Okay. Okay. So it was 14 years 13, ago. 14 years. And, mm -hmm. and then what, so it sounds like you had already gotten some of the food figured out or you were, that we were in the yes. process or it was kind of happening at the same time. Right. Then also All the yoga. Happening at the same time. Mm -hmm. and, and, and when did you get to where you are now and, hmm. and what was that like? Sure. Because her joints, for the people who are listening to the auto version and not seeing the TV version, her joints are working. Oh, you know, yes. you obviously uh, teach yoga, practice yoga, have your studio. I mean, I would say a, um, a year into practicing this same young yoga teacher suggested that I, uh, look into teaching yoga. Oh, you've and gotten said, good. Who me? <laughs> uh, I, I just, I didn't feel like I could do the things uh -huh. so that she was asking. But I enjoy teaching. I knew that about myself and I enjoy um, sharing what I'm passionate about. So I looked into it. So a year and a half into it, I was having such positive response from practicing yoga, okay. from a mental standpoint, 
from an emotional standpoint, um, a, a strength and resilience I hadn't seen in myself in so many years. And even just my physicality was changing um, and didn't hurt like it did. I would have waves of, they would call them, you know, I would have flare-ups um, seasonally, right? And you're still trying to solve some of those little problems. But overall, I felt so much better. So I would say a year and a half into practice. And now for those that are, are looking for options <laughs> and really think they found the answer, remember that... It, how many years did it take you to get to that point? So finding the answer, I realized was going to take me about a month for every year that I had created the condition that I was in. Oh, you look at it as you created it. That's interesting. Well, it was my own body and my own yeah. habits and tendencies. Yeah, that's interesting. I knew what I knew. Yeah. But yes, I was responsible for myself. And so it was, what, 20 months of... Mm -hmm of sort of figuring things out and right. yoga, eliminating the foods. Um, how hard was it to, like, I think if somebody's listening or watching and they're like, oh my gosh, I have rheumatoid arthritis. I wonder if, you know, obviously we're not getting, giving medical advice here. We're sharing right. one person's story, obviously. You know, you can find many similar stories like this um, for inspiration. But um, how was it hard for you to stick to that plan where you're like, yeah, and, you know, every once in a while, you just want some refined sugar or, like or do you food. not? Okay. <laughs> the, this is the other aspect of yoga. Yo people think of yoga as the, the postures and the shapes that you take or whatever their exposure might be. But another aspect is being able to see yourself and the reasons why you do the things that you do. And so for me to watch myself in that moment of choosing something that was going to bring a temporary satisfaction or to appease someone else's expectations. Oh, like they served you pie. They served me pie. I'm obligated to do the thing and, and eat the pie. And there came a point where um, I could see myself in that moment go, oh, but that's not me. It's not going to create the best part, the best self that I see possible now. And then it's not worth it anymore. I have a very clear memory of the pain that I was in. Would I continue to choose the things that created the pain? Or now is there a new possibility? Man, I almost just wish people could feel like a day with the, the without pain. Because yes. I'm sure it's even hard to go through like going to those yoga classes, even just getting the time away from the three kids to show up and, and be mm -hmm. in pain because it takes a while for, for it all to work. It's almost right. like you wish everybody could get like a day in your shoes now healed. Right. right. Exactly. <laughs> Well, and that's where my passion comes from. It's like, let me shorten this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and not everyone needs to endure 20 years of pain and questioning um, to, to feel results. Let's, let's make this process a little easier. Do you consider your rheumatoid arthritis to be completely in remission now? I have, or do you even have it little, anymore? no effects of the disease in the last, I've lost count, probably nine, between eight and 10 years. Wow. Is there ever anything that will happen where you'll notice something coming back or um, sure. like a whisper of Have it or something? Have anything on the, that list of five items? Oh, really? Any of <laughs> those I'll, foods? And I'll feel it in the body. Really? And so did it take a while to kind of test it? Like I'm somebody who always pushes the limits. Like I want to have <laughs> sure. the maximum um, fun. Right or enjoyment out of everything to the greatest extent. Sure. So Absolutely. <laughs> is it tempting to kind of like push those a little bit? <laughs> you begin to define the fun differently. Yeah, because you feel good. Right. Uh-huh. Interesting. 
And how did, so I want to go back to the yoga practice. I, I sure. think that nutrition is really interesting. The yoga is interesting, but I also wanted to, you touched on supplements a little bit. Mm. Again, this is not a, a diag, I, you know, any kind of diagnosis It's Jenny's story, but, um, were there certain, I don't know, was it water, tea, supplements, like other things? I that tried it components? all. <laughs> <laughs> all the magic juices, <laughs> all the magic therapies, all the things. But what worked was when I got back to the simplest, <laughs> Um, item or food and enjoy something for what it is that gave me the most efficiency in my belly, mm -hmm. then um, everything worked better. So I don't even know how to, to make it more simple than that. But it truly is understanding what that source of food provides you and choosing it mm -hmm. so that it can do you good. What is a typical day like for you a day mm -hmm. a day when you're maybe teaching and practicing or one or the other or you know buckle up sleeping. <laughs> yes yes tell me what it what a day is like for you now in this life of remission do you call it remission or recovery or what do you, what I, do you call it I don't own it at all okay it, it's just that it, was you it was something that in my past <laughs> life that I dealt with and now I help other people not feel it so. okay so yeah what well, give me yes. give me like start to finish day a meals. day in the life of, yeah okay of meals so let's see. I usually like what time do you wake, wake up? between 6.30 and 7. I have some sitting quiet time each morning. Um, breathing or pranayama when I dedicate that time. And come down, I'll walk coffee. My dog, who is also a second chance story, rescue greyhound. And then we have coffee together. <laughs> my dog coffee <laughs> and myself. Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> Which is a, a shot of espresso and some oat milk. And I make here at the house. And then from there, typically a coconut yogurt with some granola or a gluten-free toast with some protein. So something of that nature. And then I leave for clients. And I usually teach... Um, client sessions or group sessions between nine and three and sometimes some evening fun as well. So in between that, I'm hopping between my studio here at my home, uh -huh. um, the studio that I teach from uh, the BKS Iyengar Yoga Studio of Dallas and my client spaces or homes. Okay. So I'm all over this. You're city. all over. And then what about lunch? Do you eat lunch? Yes. Okay. What is that usually? <laughs> that lunch is typically quick in between those or I eat later in the afternoon. So it's likely, I kind of do a, I, I prep and then have something prepared typically for the next day or two or meal sure. or two. So it's likely going to be dinner from the night before. So a simple whole grain, quinoa or rice, uh, loads of veggies and mm, say a, a tempeh. I do eat fish, but rarely do I eat any other critter. And um, so tempeh, sometimes uh, a high protein tofu, if I like it, and be lots of beans, lentils, just whole grain, mm -hmm. whole grains and whole real food. And then what about dinner? Dinner's the same. It sounds like dinner's kind of Dinner's the same. about the same. And those who know me know that I have quite a thing for tacos. I eat probably a higher ratio of tacos than any other human that I know. Even in Texas? That's Even impressive. in Texas. Jenny, I'd love to hear that. <laughs> but they're veggie tacos or fish tacos, yeah. and I'm selective about what goes on them. But, man, I do love a good taco. Do you do any, um, like... Uh, what would you call them? I don't want to say fake food supplements, but like like uh, like dairy-free cheese or like those kinds mm, of things? Or rarely. is it really just whole food? Like I'm hearing you say like... Whole real food. Okay. Right. It's because at that point, it's still a processed food. So yeah. if I can avoid that and eat something whole and natural, 
it'll serve me better. Well, and I think sometimes when somebody hears something like this, it can sound like so much. It can sound so different from what they're doing now. Sure. That it's almost like, ugh. I, I just give up. Thing. Like, I'm not going to. Yeah. Right. So, so what's your advice for somebody who feels very overwhelmed like this? Like, hey, I have some inflammation or some maybe um, autoimmune or something like that that I need to deal with. But sure. I don't know if I can eliminate I can't all do this so stuff. Yeah. What, how, how do you advise them? I say, you know that you're doing something, whatever that one thing is, your vice <laughs> that isn't helping. Start with that. Mm. Can okay. you say no thank you to that one thing and empower yourself to feel better? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then how often? Oh, go ahead. I was from then that choice. Then you say, "Oh, okay. Now I can do more," and you choose one or two more things to apply to your life. Oh, it's not as bad as I thought. <laughs> I feel better. <laughs> and then I can do more. What would life be like if you hadn't changed your eating habits? It sounds like the two main things were your eating habits and your exercise. Being transitioning to yoga, what would life be like? Right. Uh, well, in the mental aspects that, that yoga brought. Well, if it had followed the path of the doctor that I had, doctors that I had initially met with, I would be in a wheelchair for seven, eight years now <laughs> and likely stuck in a marriage that was not healthy either. Um, if I was here at all, it was a very dark place and a dark time. Mm -hmm. It sounds like it. And yeah. do you credit the yoga with sort Absolutely. of having you find that mental clarity or was that the, even the word? That was the here. last missing piece of the puzzle Okay, that really made everything else make sense. <laughs> it was funny when you said like when the, your instructor suggested to you that you start teaching yoga you, uh, and it seemed so absurd. I could tell oh, it seemed like sure. really absurd to you, but now you run a studio and everything like that. What, what is that like to look back and think, wow, that was me and this is me? Right. Well, I, I joke with some of my students that I said, look, well, the first day that I showed up, this little tiny gal was in my brain. What I heard was balance on your pinky finger, wrap your leg around your head twice and smile. Just breathe. It's okay. You just try. And everything that she annoying was, or? well, it, it was just absurd. I, I was like, how? I don't. I don't understand yeah. because I was so disconnected from my body. I didn't know what was going on. Yeah. I'm adapting everything along the way. Uh, so oh, it was just comical to me. Yeah. When I wasn't crying, I was laughing. So Yeah, and look at you now. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, that's when I'm working with my students, it's whatever the objection is, is to help them mm -hmm. figure out what that obstacle is and how they can overcome it. And usually it's just mental. Yeah. I, I see that you have to have, I mean, it's like you have to have the wherewithal to want to keep trying these things because it's really exhausting to sort of mm -hmm. experiment on yourself and take something away that perhaps you love and you don't know if it's going to help or not. Um, was there any sort of like, uh, like vitamin regimen or anything that you think helped or was it yes. really just eliminating the foods? It's a vitamin called community. <laughs> you start to connect. Oh, I'll get back to that. the supplements. Like, oh. <laughs> I'll answer your supplement question for sure. But I think the strength more came from connecting with people who were on a similar path or could offer some of that guidance. And because when you're not alone <laughs> and you can pool everyone's resources and I was a slow learner in this area because I had to do things by myself for so long. Um, I really didn't have a helpful partner or, or life that provided that kind of help. And uh, so to reach out and to find that people were willing to help or that they had resources, then I started to think, ah, if I can't 
find the community that I need, then I'm going to create the community that I need because I knew it was vital to feel mm. connected and um, have access to some different answers than I had on my own. I, I think a lot of people would look at you now, or like if they just look at your Instagram, they're like, oh, wow, she's just always been a yogi. She's so flexible, so fit. Mm -hmm. You know, just must come naturally to her to eat healthy and she must love being vegan or you almost vegan. <laughs> you know, what do you, what do you say to that person? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I tell them that I've already lived through my geriatric years. And <laughs> <laughs> you did, didn't you? Did. <laughs> That's a good point. So I've done all the crippled things. I've been unwell. I've been unhappy. I've been, um, yes, in, in all of the dark places and I've felt all the feels. So I, mm, there's a, a an empathy that helps you connect with someone and when you can find that commonality and help them see a little bit of light in themselves and to help them like stir up that spark a little bit a little bit then I mean the whole thing just kabooms into yeah um, next positive yeah what what about do you do you guys eat organic or did you raise your kids with organic food is hope I know I that's did. kind of like off the topic, but it's kind of on the topic. Sure. I mean, as much as possible. Absolutely. Yeah. And even in raising my kids, as I was refining my understanding of food and how to feed a body, uh, helping them navigate some of their their little people problems of some asthma and some digestive issues then when they were smaller. You know, it's a different story now that they're a little older. But yeah. when they were smaller, then I could definitely avoid some of the natural kid illnesses and those types of things just by feeding them properly. What is, okay, we talked about this on the phone too, and mm. I know that we're like going over our time, you guys, but I have to just, <laughs> I have to get this this answer because um, we deal with it all the time. Our daughter is four, and so she has a dairy allergy, so it's actually kind of easy to just be like, she no, has sorry. a dairy allergy. I just bring all of her things, but I'm like, yes. I don't know how much longer that's going to go before the <laughs> child like says, you know, no, I'm going to, you know, I want to have this or that, and you also right. don't want to create food issues. Like I'm very conscious of that, you know not wanting to create any sort of, um, like feelings negative around, feelings around, uh, around yeah, food. negative feelings around food in general. Mm -hmm. So how did you navigate with that with your three kids and how do they eat now? Sure. <laughs> How'd they turn and, out? <laughs> How'd they turn out? <laughs> They're all alive and doing well. Um, so that's a good step. And well, now they live in two very different environments. Um, so my world where they have my example of that. And, and granted, the, the two, the older two are grown and gone yeah. out of the house. And so they have their own experience of food now and they're learning. But at the time, they're trying to, to navigate what the conventional looks like and then what a hippie mom <laughs> looks like yeah. that we stay with most of the time. So sure, they want to try and do all of the things that everyone else is doing. But if, if I could provide, I mean, I look back, I look back at my, my dad's example of where to get food and we chose a more healthy um, route. My oldest that's in college is now calling me and asking me questions about how to eat this or that or what it did for me. But I had it took me a while to realize that my children never saw me sick. 
Oh, so they didn't understand how bad it could have been. Right. Or like the reason, your reasoning exactly. behind doing this. That's interesting. So then I had to realize I need to start sharing with them Absolutely. these same stories because they didn't understand why necessarily that I was choosing these other options. Did your doctors think that that could be any sort of genetic component that they could be more predisposed to it as well? I don't but, know how that oh, works. For sure. Yeah. Yes. All right. Um, thanks, Pops, for sharing that yeah. one with me. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he also managed and, and dealt with it more naturally and didn't have the issues. Okay. Oh, interesting. Well. So the yeah. kids will And we of... would share things between he and I that I then pass, now I'm passing on to my children. Oh, like you would figure out, okay, this one thing I noticed if I eliminate this food or, you know, that I'm feeling mm -hmm. really good or feeling right. more energetic or getting more mobility. Oh, that's interesting. Right. And, then, and then what about, oh, and then I cut you off when we were going to talk about, I think, vitamins or supplements or things like that oh, that sure. maybe have helped. Right. Um, I would say at first I, I was misapplying them. I'm sure I, I threw away a lot of supplements that weren't necessary. But then once I figured out, okay, how do we just make our, our belly as efficient as possible so that we can digest and assimilate all the nutrition that we are putting in that is good, then, I mean, from the get-go, clean out your gut. <laughs> There's a variety of cleanses to eliminate the things that have uh -huh. accumulated in you. And then provide a healthy environment. So probiotics are an, an all-the-time go-to. And then minerals. Uh -huh. So that uh, RA in particular is just a thief of um, proper mineral balance in the body. So which is why uh, in my early 20s, I was borderline osteoporosis and... <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. You, yeah, because your bones just weren't getting the minerals. Yeah. No, and it literally just sucking the, the minerals out of my body to try to... Um, <laughs> to get on. Wow. Okay. Well, I'm just going to wrap things up with this. What's your encouragement for somebody who's going through their own health journey and is feeling like this is very confusing. One doctor says this, one internet right. article says this, you know, and being an advocate for your own health can be very exhausting, especially when you're in a, a phase of unwell. Mm -hmm. What words of encouragement do you have for that person? Hmm. Yoga. Find a practice that helps you um, develop a deeper intuition. So that you can see and sense what's going on in yourself and you can balance that against the advice of the professionals that are serving you. Sure. Be and your own you doctor, know. you guys. Like Jenny. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's interesting advice. I've never um I don't think we've ever had anybody give that advice before, but um mm. it's that's it's like a that's not a that's not a throwaway answer, you guys. It's a really meaningful, mm. meaty answer because it takes some work on behalf of the person. Well, right. I, I, <laughs> I think we're in, in, in the Western habit of outsourcing our problems. Of course. <laughs> and uh, I, I think there needs to be an opportunity to reinstill some personal responsibility for understanding ourselves and what we need. So people will be hearing this from all over the country, but a lot of the people are here in the Metroplex. So I'd love for you to share um, your website, how, you know, sure, what, sure. what your offerings are, how people can experience you and learn from you. Oh, thank you. Um, yes, you can find me, you can eat, Google search or whatever, but livewell-jennyhunter.com is my website. And I've got my full teaching schedule on there for my public classes, which I now teach from the BKS Iyengar Yoga Studio here in Dallas, which is a huge honor. It's where I did all of my training for years. And then they can also see, um, say Instagram is a great example for the live well. So there's livewell.jennyhunter or jennyhunteryoga, and they can see the yoga aspect of things. So you know, two different stories on that. And uh, some people I work at individually if we're working on something specific, but just come to class. Oh, yeah. that's awesome. Jenny, I've really <laughs> yeah. enjoyed our conversation. You are just a joy, mm -hmm. and thank, thank you for being you. so open and, and 
just sharing your backstory. I hope that everybody enjoyed this. We, of course, have these full episodes up at secondshotpodcast.com. You can find them on all podcast platforms. Of course, they air Thursdays on TV on CW33. Uh, we thank you so much. If you are enjoying the show, leave us a rating or review or pass it on to a friend that you think it'll help. We'll chat with you soon. Oh, 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 oh